Longhorn Nation, it is time to remove the word interim from Ronnie Terry's job title. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, the Texas men's basketball team are big 12 tournament champs, and it is time to remove the word interim from Rodney Terry's job title. The NCAA tournament kicks off on Thursday for the Longhorns. They are a two seed in the Midwest region. What is their path to a Final Four? And last but not least, the Texas baseball team has won five straight games, including a big weekend sweep of the Manhattan Jaspers. They start a two-game series tonight at home against North Dakota State. So all of that and more on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode was supposed to come out yesterday, had some technical difficulties, so I'm bringing it to y'all on Taco Tuesday. What a time for this Texas basketball team Big 12 tournament champs for the second time ever, a two seed in the NCAA tournament for the first time since the 2008 season. And if they make it out of the first weekend, it would be their first Sweet 16 appearance for the, since 2014. This Texas basketball team right now looks like one of the five best teams in the country. They are hitting on all cylinders right now, offensively and defensively, and coming into the NCAA tournament with four straight wins. They are one of the hottest teams in the country right now. And the biggest reason for that is the great man, the great leader, and the great head coach we have in Rodney Terry. And I want to echo everything that the legend Hall of Famer Dick Vitale had to say about Rodney Terry on Saturday's broadcast while Texas was in the midst of beating, blowing out number one seed Kansas for the second time in seven days en route to a Big 12 Conference Championship. And he said that Rodney Terry has provided over a decade of service to the University of Texas and the Texas basketball program. Rodney Terry is a Longhorn and bleeds burnt orange and white. And over the last 26 games, he has more than earned the right to be the full-time head coach of this program, not just for the rest of the season, but going into next season as well. And I thought it was really heartwarming when they asked Sir Jabari Rice after the game, why did Rodney Terry deserve to be the full-time head coach of this program? And he said, we're players, so we're going to get the credit. But when you look at our preparation, when you look at our attention to detail and how we play every night, that's Rodney Terry. Rodney Terry deserves the credit for our success. And when they asked Rodney Terry why he thought he deserved to be the full-time head coach, he said he hadn't given a lot of thought to that, but he was vulnerable and told us that he dedicated this season to his late father who passed away in August. And he got really emotional. I got emotional watching it. I've watched it 15 times and he ends it by saying, I know my father would be really excited right now. And I believe he would be too, because this has been such a special season for the Longhorns. It's been such a special season for Rodney Terry and for them to be in the position they are two days away from the tournament after everything they've gone through this season just shows the resilience of this group. And it shows how much they have responded to Rodney Terry. And to me, I think it's obvious and you saw it after they won the big 12 championship, how much this program as a whole loves and supports Rodney Terry, not just the players, not just the coaching staff, the managers, everybody, they want to go to war with Rodney Terry because to me, he's somebody that exudes character exudes leadership and somebody you want to step on that court with night in and night out. So, and not just from an intangible, you know, perspective of how he's kept this program together and how much love and respect everybody has for this program. Right. 
when you look at what he's been able to do on the court, they've enjoyed tangible success under Ronnie Terry. So over the last 26 games, he's gone 19 and seven as a head coach, winning 73% of his games. If you put that in perspective, in 42 games at the University of Texas, Chris Beard won 69% of his games. Rodney Terry sitting at 73% after 26 games in the toughest conference in college basketball. And we've seen tangible improvement on the offensive and defensive side. When you look at the defense, I thought when he first took over, they weren't playing with the same intensity they were used to playing with under Chris Beard. Right. There were a lot of lapses, not communicating, not focusing on the defensive end, giving up some easy baskets. But he came into the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City saying, if we play defense with the level that we're capable of, we can beat anybody. We're going to hang our hat on the defense. You can take defense with you. Defense travels. Offense is inconsistent. Defense is consistent if you put in consistent effort. Right. If we sit down and guard these teams like we're capable of doing, we can beat anybody. And they went out there and they defended their asses off for Rodney Terry, allowing him 47 points to Oklahoma State, 60 points to TCU and 56 points to Kansas. So in three biggest games of the season on the defensive end, they allowed less than 60 points a game en route to a Big 12 Conference Championship. And then when you talk about the offensive end, they have averaged 77 points per game in the 26 games that Rodney Terry coached. We've seen one of the most efficient and fluid offenses at the 40 acres we've seen in a while. And just throw the stats out for a minute. There's two things that I've noticed. There's probably been more, but two things I've especially noticed that have really unlocked the offense and the talent that we have on the offensive side of the ball. So the first thing is the fact that he's played through the post a lot more, especially in the tournament. We've seen him go down to the block for Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop to get offense for this basketball team, even with all the great guard play that we have. And that's put a lot of pressure on defenses because if you try to guard Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop in the paint one-on-one, they're very efficient inside scorers, scoring at a 60 to 70% clip between the two of them. And if you try to double one of them down in the post, which is smart, now you're leaving shooters open like Arterio Morris, Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, Serge Barry Rice, and even Brock Cunningham, who's shooting 40% from three. So the ability to play inside through the post, through our big man, has really unlocked this offense. And then also the pick and roll between Marcus Carr and Dylan DeSue. The way that they're both playing right now, right, especially, you know, Marcus Carr getting hot in that Kansas game, that puts a lot of pressure on the defense as well and also creates more space for shooters. So I thought that Rodney Terry has really implemented some things on the offensive end that have unlocked this team and right now makes them one of the scariest teams in the country. And then in terms of individual development, I think Dylan DeSue, Arterio Morris, Christian Bishop and Brock Cunningham are playing the best basketball of their careers right now under Ronnie Terry. When you look at Dylan DeSue, the last six games, averaging 14 and a half points and seven rebounds per game while also being a rim protector in the paint. If you stretch this out over the course of the season, you're talking about somebody that's playing at a first team, second team at worst, all Big 12 level. I think that Rodney Terry has really unlocked Dylan DeSue, not just from an offensive and defensive standpoint, but from a confidence standpoint. You see when he gets in the game, he tries to score immediately and they're playing through him a lot more. Arterio Morris, at the beginning of the season, he looked lost, right, offensively and defensively. He was turning the ball over, just wasn't really an asset to this basketball team. But over the last four games, he's giving you six points per game in like 13 or 14 minutes off the bench. He's playing elite defense. We saw what he did against TCU on Damian Barr and Mike Miles, and we especially saw what he did in the championship against Damian Harris, Dewan Harris, excuse me, um, against the Kansas Jayhawks. And so he is now a part of the regular rotation as somebody that's making splash plays for this Texas basketball team in their biggest games of the season each and every game. And Christian Bishop, we've seen when Dylan DeSue has gotten in foul trouble or just, you know, 
coming in in his regular minutes, he's been a force in the paint. And there's not a drop off between Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop in terms of how hard he's playing. And then, like I said, Brock Cunningham right now, he's been here five years, but he's playing his best offensive basketball, shooting 40 percent from three. That's all happened under Rodney Terry. And another great adjustment that we've made is this is a poor rebounding team. And for the majority of the season, we were getting out rebounded, even in our wins. In our last two losses before the four game win streak, we got out rebounded by 30 total in those two games between Baylor and TCU. But in three of the last four games, all wins for the Longhorns, we've out rebounded our opponent. The only game we got out rebounded was to Oklahoma State. We beat them by double digits. We got out rebounded by TCU at TCU by 18 rebounds and came back a week later and out rebounded them in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. That's a hell of an adjustment by Rodney Terry, and it shows that when he asked his team to up their effort level in in hopes of winning the conference championship, they matched the effort that Rodney Terry was asking for. I've seen some people say that, you know, this is Chris Beard's team, and Rodney Terry has done a great job, but, you know, he was handed a Ferrari, <laughs> or whatever people want to say, um, you know, acting like no coaching has taken place for the last three months, but, you know, people have brought up his record at Fresno State and UTEP as a head coach and said that, you know, what he's doing right now is great, but it's Chris Beard's team. Would he be able to replicate this if he had to build his own team? And of course, you know, in his time at the University of Texas, he served on great staffs under Chris Beard and Rick Barnes. So Rick Barnes and Chris Beard would deserve the majority of success for putting the team together and what happened on the court because they were the head coach. But like any other program, this is a staff and everybody on the staff is recruiting and coaching these players. Like we act like Rodney Terry didn't start talking to the team until December 12th. So I put together a list of players that Rodney Terry has either helped recruit or coach in his decade plus of service to the university of Texas, TJ Ford, PJ Tucker, LaMarcus Aldridge, Booby Gibson, AJ Abrams, Kevin Durant, DJ Augustine, Damian James, Dexter Pittman, Avery Bradley, Corey Joseph, Tristis Thompson. And then we talk about this current roster. I remember on the broadcast, they said that Serge Jabari Rice, the intel on him came from Ronnie Terry coaching and playing against him. Right. And then that was a big reason why they brought him in to the University of Texas. So he's shown the ability to recruit and coach at the University of Texas. And then as a head coach, he's won 73 percent of his games. To me, that means more than his head coaching record at UTEP and Fresno State with less talent and less resources. Some of the most success that this Texas basketball team has enjoyed over the last 20 years, Rodney Terry has been on the sideline for. This is one of the best Texas basketball teams we've seen in recent memory. They are being led by Rodney Terry. In 2008, when they were a two seed in the NCAA tournament, Rodney Terry was on the sidelines. In 2003, when they went to the Final Four, Rodney Terry was on the sidelines. That means a lot more to me what he's done at the University of Texas in a decade plus than what he did at Fresno State or UTEP. And I believe the only reason that Rodney Terry has not been made the full-time head coach yet is because this is the University of Texas and we're such a brand school and we want to make the big hire, the splash hire. Now, I do agree that Rodney Terry at least needs to get to the Sweet 16, especially if we play Texas A&M in the second round, because that'll change the whole narrative about Rodney Terry if he loses that game real quick. But why are we looking for the splash hire when we've already found it? Because to me, the splash hire is somebody who has spent a decade at the University of Texas, loves the University of Texas, has had success at the University of Texas, is the Sporting News Coach of the Year, is one of the 10 finalists for the Naismith Coach of the Year, and has led this team to a two-seed 
in the best conference in college basketball in the NCAA tournament and has won the Big 12 Conference Championship. Like I said, once he gets to the Sweet 16, which he will, this team is too good not to get to the Sweet 16, then the debate is over. Rodney Terry will be the full-time head coach of this Texas men's basketball program, and that will be the best decision for the long-term health of this Texas basketball program. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to get into the NCAA tournament itself. What is the Texas path to a final four this year in the tournament. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and threes made. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So Texas is a two-seed in the Midwest region. The number one seed in that region is the University of Houston. Um so I thought that Kansas had a chance to be the number one overall seed and they probably would have picked the Midwest region, but Texas blowing them out twice in a week, took them out of contention for the number one overall seed that went to Alabama. So we are now in the Midwest region with the University of Houston. And this is a really good draw for the Longhorns, I believe. I think they have a tougher second round matchup than they would have liked, which we'll get to here shortly. But when you look at the teams in this bracket, there is a very realistic chance for this team to get to the final four. You can make the argument they are the best team in this region, even though U of H is the one seed. So coming into the tournament, I talked about them being one of the hottest teams in the country, four straight wins. And it's funny because everybody plays in the conference tournament. So not too many teams can come into a, uh, the tournament with a win streak because only one team can win the conference tournament. But Texas is coming in with four straight wins by an average of 14 points per game, right? Including those two blowouts of number one seed Kansas. I talked about the individual development we've seen. Dylan DeSue, uh, Arterio Morris, Christian Bishop, Brock Cunningham playing their best basketball of the season. I thought, you know, Marcus Carr had struggled. Dick Vitale said he was 14 of 60 in his last five games before the Kansas game. At a certain point in the Kansas game, he made five straight shots. It was good to see him get his confidence back going into the tournament. Tyrese Hunter, although he went 0 for 8 in that game, he did a hell of a job defending Dewan Harris, and he's been playing with confidence lately, shooting the three ball a lot better, getting to the rim. If that continues in the NCAA tournament, as well as getting Timmy Allen back, like I said, somebody that's one of the best cutters to the basket and one of the best mid-range shooters in the country, this offense will be damn near impossible to stop in the NCAA tournament if they're executing on all cylinders. And then when you talk about the defensive end where they want to hang their hat, Going into this NCAA tournament, they've allowed 56 points per game their last four games. I promise you, if they allow 56 points per game in the NCAA tournament, they're probably going to make the Final Four. So let's look at the Midwest region and their path to the Final Four in Houston, right? Texas has to play Colgate in the first round. Now, Colgate is a 15 seed. Texas is a 13, 14-point favorite. They should win this game pretty handily. But there's one thing that should concern you about this game, not in terms of Colgate getting the upset, but that could make this game interesting. There's only one team in the country that shoots over 40% from three as a team, and it's Colgate. Right? So they're obviously going to have to depend, defend the three-point line really well, but I think Texas just has too much talent to lose to this team. But if they come out and start making threes, we know that's the great equalizer in basketball today. After they beat Colgate, they will play the winner of Penn State and Texas A&M in the second round. 
Texas A&M was grossly underseeded as a seven seed. This was a clear play to try to get Texas A&M Texas in the second round. And I think it's going to happen because I think they're going to beat Penn State. And like I said, Rodney Terry's, you know, future you know job potential at the University of Texas depends on this game because we'll forget everything he did in a heartbeat if he loses to Texas A&M in the second round. I think it's going to be a really tough game. It's a tough team, well coached by Buzz Williams. But ultimately, I think Texas just is on a mission right now, and they get to their first Sweet 16 since 2014. But in the second round, they will play the winner of Penn State and Texas A&M. I'm rooting for Penn State in the first round. Then in the Sweet 16, you likely play either Iowa State or Xavier. I haven't done a bunch of research on Xavier yet. I know they did lose the Big East Championship by double digits to Shaka Smart. Only scored, I think, 54 or 55 points in that game. So not sure about their offensive capabilities. And then Iowa State is the best defense in the Big 12. But last time you played Iowa State, you beat them by double digits, right? And I just think without Caleb Grill, they can't do enough on the offensive end to beat Texas, even though that would be a grinded out physical Big 12 game in the tournament. Then you're in the Elite Eight, and you're likely facing off against University of Houston, Iowa, Miami, or Indiana to get to the Final Four. I think, you know, Houston is the best team. They're the number one seed. But Texas would have the advantage in playing the last 20 games in the Big 12 compared to U of H playing the last 20 games in the American Conference, right? Iowa, we saw, I think it was the day they played Baylor. They can hit the three, right? They overcame a 13-point deficit in a minute and a half to Michigan State to go on and win that game in overtime. So Texas has more talent than Iowa, but when you're facing off these teams that have you know a lot of experience together and can shoot the three the way they do, anything can happen. That's why it's called March Madness. Miami has really good guard play. They're a tough physical team. That's a game that could be tough for the Longhorns. And then Indiana has one of the five best players in the country and Trace Jackson Davis. So that's always tough, even though we've been playing really well inside. He's somebody that can dominate inside. And, you know, a lot of times in March Madness, if you have the best player on the court, you can advance to the next round. So, that is Texas's path to the final four. I'm not making my predictions just yet. I'll probably have those closer to Thursday, but this bracket sets up really well for Texas to make a trip to the elite eight and possibly further a quick word from built bar. And then we're going to talk about this Texas baseball team hitting on all cylinders right now with five straight wins. The built March madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one locked-on fan, it better be a locked-on Longhorns fan, will win a 12-month subscription to have Built Best Bars or Puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. That is 12 months of Built Bars. You got to try Built. Built, the best protein ever. Seriously, they're so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. And what makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they are all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. This Texas baseball team, we saw a magical season last year, and it did not start off this way. We started off four and seven through 11 games this year to put it in perspective we were 11 and 0 through uh, 11 games last year so a big drop off but they have won five straight games and they are now nine and seven on the season playing a lower level of competition they are playing at home but you have to play who they put in front of you and texas has gone five and zero against teams they should go five and zero against including three and zero against the manhattan jaspers this weekend i said the manhattan jaspers had never played texas hopefully they came in a little starstruck i don't know if they were starstruck or they just weren't good enough to beat us but they got outscored 34 to 11 
by the Longhorns over the three-game series on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the dish. So let's start with Friday. And the pitching has been exceptional for this baseball team. And Lucas Gordon had a no-hitter through six innings with nine Ks. Not only are this our pitcher staff getting outs, they're striking people out at a crazy rate, right? We saw uh, the starting pitcher from the LSU game. He had like nine Ks in like five innings. Like, what is going on? They're just striking people out like crazy. But he had a no-hitter through uh, six with nine Ks. Peyton Powell drove in three of the eight runs. I think they won that game eight to one. And then on Saturday, our starting pitcher struggled. Zane Morehouse struggled, allowing seven of 15 batters to reach base safely. But Heston told he ended the game pitching the last three innings, allowing zero runs with seven Ks. That's why I said, like, this team can strike people out like crazy. Seven Ks in three innings to close out the game is nuts. And then four of their 10 runs came on bases, loaded walks, or a sack fly. So they're getting some runs the easy way, right? And then on Sunday, to close out the series and get the sweep, the Longhorns scored in every inning, tallying 16 runs and 15 hits. The offense really was, you know, hitting on all cylinders throughout the weekend. And then the bullpen, which has been a lot better, gave you four innings of one-run ball to close out that game. Porter Brown led the way with four RBIs out of the 16 runs they scored in that game. And I thought what was really interesting in this three-game sweep was that they scored 34 runs throughout the weekend, outscoring them 34 to 11. Only one came from a home run. I think Porter Brown hit a solo home run. The other 33 runs came from other types of offense, right? And so I thought that was really good for their confidence and the hitting, right? To be able to pass the baton, get singles, doubles, walks, sack flies, and really just move through that lineup and t- continue to score instead of having to rely on home runs for runs. That shows that the offense is improving and getting better. The starting pitching struggled outside of Lucas Gordon Saturday and Sunday. I thought Zane Morehouse and uh, Travis Dale struggled a little bit, but the bullpen came in and was nails, right? Like I said, lower level of competition, but, you know, Heston Toll coming in the last three innings, zero runs with seven Ks. Uh, bullpen giving you four innings of one-run ball on Sunday. That's something that the Texas baseball team is really going to have to rely on. And then, like I said, they face off against North Dakota State tonight. And then tomorrow night, that should be two more wins, giving them seven wins in a row. And that should put us at 11-7 and seven on the season, at least hopefully. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We will get back to discussing this Texas football team and spring practices on tomorrow's episode. See you then. Hook them and peace.